Welcome back to another episode of Hacking Normal. My name is John Stevenow, and in this episode of Hacking Normal, we're going to talk about the difference between the telecommuting employee, the flexible work hour employee, as well as the remote employee. Just some of the nuanced definitions in there to help you understand what is required of each and how each of them works. Then after that, we're going to talk about some of the skills required to become a remote worker. Not necessarily industry-based skills, but just skills as a general idea. Um, There are four of them, and we'll cover them in a little bit of detail to make sure that you understand exactly how you're going to need to interact with other people, essentially, as a remote employee. And then lastly, as a remote or telecommuting employee, there's things that people won't tell you. There are things that you need to understand. And I try to go over about 12 to 15 of them. They're short, sweet little things, little nuggets of information I've discovered over my time as a remote employee. But I think they're useful for those who are just kind of getting into the space or have been there long enough to kind of feel it out a bit and just need a little bit more direction or at least the stories of somebody who's been doing remote work for like 10 years, which is what I have. So enjoy this podcast and I'll see you on the other side. So what's the difference between telecommuting remote work and flexible work? This is a great question to ponder for those of us who may not have taken the leap yet to having a situation where we're not forced to be in the office on a day-to-day basis. And I want to bring up this topic because the different types of work of telecommuting, remote work, and flexible work have a little bit of a nuanced definition difference, but they do have some implementation differences when it comes to actually working. So telecommuting is probably where we should start first because I think it's going to be the most common type of work that people are going to have in the near future or have the ability to get to in a more rapid pace if you're starting to do more remote or telecommuting or flexible hour working situations. So telecommuting is essentially a work arrangement where the employee has the option to work outside of the main or satellite offices. Oftentimes, the work is done from home, but can also be done from various other locations. The hallmark feature of telecommuting is the ability for the employer to be in constant contact via the internet uh, with chats like Slack or Google Chats or Google Hangouts, or via the phone for phone calls or teleconferencing, hence the name telecommuting. You are always going to be, as an employee in this situation, connected in some way with the employer. Oftentimes, workers with telecommuting positions are those who are found in some sort of sales or support role. So you're always on the phone or you're always communicating with some type of possible consumer. Rather than traveling to the office or to that consumer's location, you're completing your work or your other work duties via telecommunication. You are using either a computer or a laptop, or you're simply based off of your phone. Telecommuting employees have a little bit of micromanaging that gets put on top of them, meaning most of the time when they're working, when they sign in, their hours are tracked, where they go are tracked, how they work are tracked, lots of things are recorded when they're tracked. These things are ways to ensure to the employer that the telecommuting employee is actually performing the work that needs to be done. The worker will also, in a telecommuting situation, sometimes have to come into an office in order to attend a meeting or touch base with a group for a, let's say, a project. But these 
times when they have to come into the office are not very frequent because most of the tools they need to do their job are at home on their desk. In fact, with most telecommuting employees, there will be absolutely no need to go into the office at all unless the employee chooses to do so. Oftentimes, that choice is figured out by the employee needing some kind of mentorship or training that only can be done at the company site. A telecommuting worker has control of of two of three of the most important things, in my opinion, for creating autonomy in the workspace, and that is time and location. The only thing they don't really have control over here is a third leg to this autonomy situation that I like to espouse to other people, and that is control over their income streams. But that's okay because most of the time telecommuting employees can create that on their own if they so choose to. With this control of their time and location, the employee has the ability to work flexible hours, or at least hopefully can work flexible hours. I know some companies, when they have sales support roles, they want people to work from nine to five or three to seven or something like that. So that doesn't really give you the flexible work condition. But if you do have that ability, you're able to plan and balance your personal obligations around your work schedule, which is really nice. Allowing workers to telecommute has often made them, according to some studies, more productive, which, if you're trying to sell this to your employer, benefits the company as a whole. You're going to get your work done faster, you're going to be more efficient, you're going to have more efficacious systems in place, and you're going to be happier. If you can plan your life around your work, you're not going to feel stressed out when a doctor's appointment comes up, or your kids are homesick, or you want to just spend some time out in nature because it's a beautiful day. Telecommuters are, from what I have been able to experience, some of the happiest employees out there. On top of that, you can also tell your employer that telecommuting employees lessen the expense on companies. I have seen this in two or three ways. The first way is less travel to and from the company, which means there's less likely for people to get in accidents, which is healthcare and all that stuff. Second is you're not in an office, therefore there's energy costs that are not going in place or being um, used up while you're in the office. And then third, and I think this is kind of like something that employers can really get behind, is telecommuting employees are often cheaper. Not because you're less valued in the company, but because there's just not as much need to compensate you for other sacrifices, like spending time away from family, not being able to do the things you want to do. Um, that expense of an $80,000 salary, let's say, a lot of that is built around, I'm sacrificing all this time, but if I can have control of that time, then there's no need to compensate me for the sacrifice. So that's a pretty good definition of a telecommuting employee. Now, a remote employee is very similar to a telecommuting employee. A remote employee is simply one who will not ever be able to go into the office unless there's some huge emergency circumstance where that person can get flown into the office essentially that is about the only time a remote a fully true remote employee will go into the office remote employees unlike telecommuting employees are employees who can be found pretty much anywhere in the country or the world at large telecommuting employees are more local They're usually 15 minutes down the street, just in case there needs to be a reason they come in during the day at some point. 
Essentially, a remote employee is just someone who has complete autonomy and the company has total faith in their capabilities to do their job. Like I said, with the telecommuting, the telecommuting employee has a lot of strings attached to them. They're micromanaged. They have tracking things on their computers. A remote employee is essentially said, hey, we trust you enough that we're not going to track you, but please get the work done in a timely and reasonable fashion. So if you're looking for that kind of autonomy, maybe a remote situation is what you really, really desire. For me personally, I love the remote job situation. It gives me the feeling that the company has faith in me and I get to work how I'm most effective. The flexible employee now is a unique situation. It's a situation where the employee is tethered more to the company, but there's this mutual understanding that, yes, I can come into work when needed, But when I'm not here, you're going to give me total autonomy. It's a combination between the telecommuting employee and the remote employee. Flexible work employees, though, have put in some way, shape, or form some kind of forced situation where they work from the office, you know, let's say two to three days a week, and the other times they're away from the office. Or they say, I'm going to work four hours in the morning, and then after the morning, in the afternoon, I'm going to finish my work from another location. It's kind of like a yo-yo. So a yo-yo, if you throw it, you know, drops out, or all the string goes down, and it expands, 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 and then it's got a limit to how far it can go. But at any point, as that yo-yo is going down, or even up, the employer, the hand, can yank, and the yo-yo better come back to the hand ASAP. So that's really kind of like the one drawback, if you want to call it a drawback of a remote, or excuse me, a flexible job employee. They are pretty much on the string and the beck and call of the employer. Yes, they have autonomy. Yes, there's faith and trust that they're going to do their work. But at the same time, there's no full release to have them live and work how they want to. So Hopefully that's a good explanation of those three types of employee employment situations when it comes to more flexible or remote work. The telecommuting, I think, is going to be the most popular. Remote work is probably going to be the hardest to come by because tr- companies just don't trust their employees like they used to. And then the flexible job is probably going to be something that is easily worked out, but I think a lot of people will still feel like they're constrained and don't have the autonomy that they're looking for there. So if you do want to go to a telecommuting position, a remote position, or even a flexible work condition, there are a few things, a few skills that are required for each of those jobs. Now, there you can have a remote job or a telecommuting job in any industry, sort of. There's some industries, obviously, like garbage collector, you can't really do a remote job in. Neurosurgeon, you can't have a remote job in yet. But for those companies who have been able to adapt and adopt these remote or telecommuting systems, those are wide and tall. There's a lot, mainly in the business sector. I mean, accounting to marketing, to sales, to support, to you name it. There's some type of remote situation that you can put into place. But for all of these types of jobs, all remote situations, there are a few skill sets that you must have. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult for either you or the employer to kind of keep this remote situation going. So the first one is you need to have really, really good communication skills. Your written and verbal communication needs to be just absolutely top notch. 
since there aren't any visual cues or body language to rely on, there's no in-person things besides maybe video chat every once in a while. Even that's not very good for in-person body language and things like that. You have to be able to relay all of your information in concise, professional, and friendly ways via every type of medium, from phones to email to chats to conference calls, anything like that. You need to be able to say, this is what I'm trying to do. Here are the steps I'm doing it. And here's the result I'm looking to get out of it. There needs to be no ambiguity at all. Then you also need to have time management skills. Time management skills just show that you possess the ability to manage your day, your week, your month, or even just the hours of your day in an orderly and organized fashion. You need to be able to respond to requests in a timely and accurate manner. So when your boss emails you, you need to be able to respond within, let's say, a half hour's time rather than four or five hours later. Your boss or your coworkers need to know that they can reach out to you as if you were in the office still. So that means that the request of your company, the request of your coworkers, all need to be answered in a timely and accurate manner. Some great ways to show that you're able to respond with good time management skills is to be prompt or early to uh, phone calls or video chats and to be able to give examples about how you've been able to be productive and keep your priorities focused. Next, you need to have some discipline. This is where the work comes in. As an employer, their biggest fear with remote or telecommute employees is that they're not working. Now, I have lots of things I can say about this where employees who don't work remotely are going to be the same employees who don't work at the office. It's a mental thing. It's a mindset. I'm either going to work or I'm not going to work. But a remote employee or a telecommuting employee has more criticism and critique placed on them because there's more of the assumption that they're just going to sit and watch Netflix all day and kind of half-ass the work in. So in order for you to kind of get rid of that feeling for the employer is to make sure that you are disciplined in your actions. If you have to sign in, sign in at the same time every day. If you have to check in, check in early or at the same time every day. If your work needs to be done by certain times, like let's say every Friday you have to turn something in, turn it in on Thursdays. Make sure that you are being disciplined and exceeding the expectations of your employer. Another thing you can do is give assurances to your employer that you have a dedicated workspace to work from. You're not just randomly walking around and trying to find cool places to work. One of the biggest problems that employers have with remote workers is that sometimes they're at Starbucks, sometimes they're at their home office, sometimes they're in other places of the world. The biggest issue is that they are unaware of where they can reach out to their employee and require or ask them to work and they'll be actually ready to do it. So if you can assure your employer that you have a disciplined area that you're working from, from this time to this time, that's a really good thing to have. Now for me, I say I have from nine to 12, I'm always at my desk or I'm always available for them to be able to communicate with me and get just the best work out of me that they possibly can get out of me. And for them, they just needed that reassurance that, okay, from nine to 12, there's no issue. He's going to be working. That's going to be the best time to reach out to him if we have plans or things we need to change. And and that has given my employers the ability to trust that, boom, anything they ask for will be done. And lastly, when it comes to the discipline aspect of it, be prepared and be excited actually to show measurable results in reasonable time. Show them that what they're investing in as you are an employee, that you are able to deliver in ways that even an employee at the office can't deliver. 
Measurable results and reasonable time is the minimum standard, but do measurable results in expedited and overachieving time. You'll solidify the relationship with you and the employer, and you'll make sure that you can always be guaranteed to have that remote or telecommuting position. And then lastly, for the skill sets that you're going to need is critical thinking. With critical thinking, we need to be able to prove to the employer, or if you're applying for a job, an interviewer, that you can work independently or autonomously to figure things out. You're not going to be constantly calling, checking in, sending emails, requesting guidance for things. One of the simplest ways that employers and interviewers can go about kind of checking this independent critical thinking is to give you some kind of simple task. And if, or I would say a simple task that maybe goes outside of your bounds a little bit, some of the things that you're not very um, adept with. And then they say, what would you do in this situation? And if you say, well, the first thing I would do is reach out to you, or the first thing I would do is reach out to other people in the the company, they're not going to say that's a bad thing, but they're going to say, okay, that means that you're dependent on other people's knowledge within the company to solve the problem, not so much your experience and your knowledge. For me, I always respond with, the first thing I'll do is look back to see if I have any prior experience. If I don't have any prior experience, then I go and I do research. I'll look in the company archives for documentation on how to do something. Then if there's no documentation, I'll do a Google search to see if there's any kind of helpful guides or tutorials online that could help me figure out the situation. Then, only and only then, after I've gone through all of those means, will I say, okay, I'm going to reach out first to my peer group, the people who are at my level, to see if they can give me some guidance. If they can't give me guidance, then... The last person I'm going to go to is my employer or supervisor. The reason they're the last person to go is they're hiring me to take a workload off of them. They're not trying to be a babysitter. They're trying to be the best vice president of marketing or sales or whatever they are. They need to be able to manage their systems, not always be hand-holding me throughout the process. So with this critical thinking and being able to look for solutions outside of asking for help from the employer makes them go, this is great. This is an employee who's not going to be crippled by a problem. They're actually going to have the right systems in place to fix that problem without, I'm going to say bothering, but without bothering the employer. All right, so if you have decided that remote telecommuting or just flexible work hours are for you, there's some things I want to just kind of address that I think a lot of people won't tell you about or what it's like working from home. So just to give you some background, I've been working from home for nearly a decade. So that's 10 years of office-free working. I haven't had to sit in a cubicle ever. Um, It's 10 years of control over my time, location, and income streams. Essentially, when, where, and how I work. And that's been really important to me. But with that, I've also discovered some things that people may not actually think about before they jump into the space. So just a little bit more background, because of technology and the ease of access to information, it's becoming increasingly easier and likely that many people like you are looking to do their job or can do their job from from a remote situation. The dream is always to do your work from some of the following places, inside a Starbucks or some kind of community center or something like that. You know, if you like to be working in quiet places, maybe the library or a bookstore, 
Some of you might also be big into working on like the beach or in the mountains or maybe working on a plane as you're traveling to another part of the country or to another part of the world. Maybe some of you want to sit in a hammock underneath a waterfall in, in the mountains. Or maybe some of you are more, you know, into water and you want to be bobbing up and down in the middle of a lake. Those are all great places and they seem like dream scenarios or only those scenarios that rich or owners of entrepreneurial enterprises can actually achieve. Well, the thing is with this telecommuting or remote work or flexible work, you all of a sudden have access to these things. And if you're not really prepared for it or if you aren't in the right mindset, you may not succeed in these areas. So I just want to talk about some of the things that will either will help you succeed in a working from home or at least out of the office kind of system. And look, I, I'm not naive. I know all those places sound way too good to be true. And I, I get that. And I appreciate that. But all these locations, I have actually done my work in and I've completed huge company shifting projects in each of these locations during my career. But there's also a challenge in those areas. For those of us who have adopted the remote or telecommuting lifestyle, we've had to find, I would say, interesting ways of keeping ourselves productive and even sometimes sane within our new autonomous environments. I know that sounds stressful, like it's a big daunting task or something like that, but with the little tweaks that you have to do to change like your mental state, all those, those four things that I mentioned earlier, the skill sets that we need to have, if you can master all of those, the benefits of these remote situations, these these telecommuting situations far outweigh any of the cons or the consequences of becoming a remote employee. Just to like kind of name a few of those consequences before I get into the good stuff, you're more isolated. You're not around employees or anything like that anymore, so you feel like you're kind of the only person around. If you're not paying attention, your days and nights and weeks can kind of slip into this one long work session. You can stop going outside. You can stop interacting with your social groups. You can start giving up on your hobbies. All of these things are, unfortunately, side effects of the fact that when you don't have to go anywhere, when you aren't in an environment that kind of pisses you off or makes you feel uncomfortable, you tend to kind of give up the things around you that that separated you from that work environment. When you're living in your work environment especially, this is really something that people can fall into. So in order for me, as I've explored this remote telecommuting situation, I have found that a few things, and I'm going to list them off here, have helped me kind of stay sane as well as productive as well as, and this is a big one, a part of the community has kept me a part of the society that's around me. So the first one is just to keep yourself sane and to realize that you're working in a beautiful time, that the atmosphere around you outside and all of that are just gorgeous and you have immediate access to it. Work in front of a window, having the ability to see when it's a gorgeous day outside and say, you know what, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to go walk in it is fantastic. Otherwise, if you're putting yourself in a dark room and you can't see outside, the days, while they may disappear because you're in a state of flow and you're working really well, you'll stop appreciating the beauty that's around you and be stuck in the stagnant stench, essentially, of your of your home or your apartment or your place of work. 
Next, on top of that, after you've given yourself a view of the world, we need to make sure that we have a workstation that is reflective of what we need to do for the jobs that we're required to do. It sounds dumb, I know, but a lot of people bring the old traditions of the office into their new situation, which causes them to have anxiety and and maybe some anger when it comes to doing their work or frustrations when they're doing their work. Since you're working from home, make your workspace your own. I mean, I have maybe a cluttered desk right now, but it's got all utility for me, a light, computer, desktop, printer, all my pens and papers are right here. But I also know that outside of this little space that I do all my work in where my microphone is sitting right now, I can step out of the room and then I'm away from work and I'm able to go take a break and walk around like I was mentioning in the last last piece about sitting in front of the window. The point being, my workstation, though utility-based, is conducive to making me want to work in a, in a more productive fashion. So I know this is strange and it's hard for me to describe this because I don't want to give you the, the type of work environment that you're wanting, wanting to create for yourself or your workstation because everybody needs to kind of figure that out on their own. But if you can get a really comfortable chair or a really comfortable desk, a cool looking desk, you know, you want to sit on a ball or something like that, or you want to have little bits of flair around and pictures and vision boards and all these things surrounding you. Those are all really good things to customize and make your working environment something that you're calm and peaceful in. Now, with that being said, while sitting in front of a window and having your workstation be as perfect as you want it to be, you need to be able to remove yourself from that static environment. Give yourself some dynamicism. Go out, try something different, work in a different atmosphere. I, for one, have about three different places I like to work. I like to work at my desk, I like to work outside, and I like to work at some places like a Starbucks. Those different environments bring out a different type of worker in me. When I'm at my desk, I'm effective, I'm efficient, I'm getting my stuff done, I'm getting my shit done, I'm making sure that it's it's clean cut, measurable, and highly effective. Then when I want to be more creative or flowy, I'll go out and sit outside and listen to the birds chirp. And sometimes I won't even bring an electronic with me. I'll just bring a notebook and just start writing ideas down as they come to me or just writing about the frustration I'm having with some problem or something like that. And I let the, this sounds so hippie, but I let the universe speak to me so that I can figure out or solve a problem. But then if I'm looking to be more sociable or feel like I have other people around me that's like a peer group or something like that, I like to go to Starbucks. What happens when I'm around other people, even if I'm not interacting with them, they put on me a sense of urgency. They put on me a sense of requirement of, of I need to be effective in my work and I need to be able to go, okay, how would I solve a problem if these people were all my work associates? How would I be able to approach this in a way that is appropriate for the company or the peer group that I'm in. It just I, it's a weird thing to describe. It's like accountability, I guess is the best way to describe it, but it's a great way for me to get away from the isolation that I have. So find a way to have a more dynamic environment when you need it. In fact, I would say you should build it into your schedule. Then, talking about a schedule, get a routine. This is the most important thing to maintain your physical and mental health. You know, you had to wake up at 5 a.m. for work in the traditional office. 
keep getting up at 5 a.m. Not because I want you to be tired, but because now, since you don't have to go into the office all the time at the required hour, you could spend those, let's say, two and a half hours where you were rushing your shower, rushing to get dressed, rushing food down your throat to maybe do some yoga, to stretch, to go for a run, to take a long shower, to have breakfast with your husband or wife, to talk about your kids and the day they're going to have. Use the time that you are now getting back, not as a, oh, now I'm just going to sit and watch more TV, or now I'm going to sleep in longer or something like that. Use it as an ability to grow and strengthen your physical and mental resolve. After you figured out your routine, and you can do whatever you need to do with your routine, I'm not going to try and tell you you need to work out at these times or anything like that. What I want you to do is after you've done the personal things and it's time to sit down for work, get moving. Do the easy things now at the very beginning of work so that you get into the mode of accomplishment throughout the day. Little victories will transform your day to working on big victories. Get the easy shit out of the way and don't procrastinate on it. Stay away from social media. Stay away from news. Stay away from all the things that are distractions that could possibly happen at work and just start working. Get the easy stuff out of the way so that you're primed to get the big, heavy stuff moving. Whether or not you get it done today is not a big deal, but at least it's in the positive momentum category rather than being stagnant and procrastinated on. If you need to have somebody help you with accountability at that situation, like I said, I go to Starbucks for my accountability stuff, find someone either at the company or within your life who will check in with you on a regular basis to see what's going on. Now, hopefully you're not doing this as like a hand-holding tactic. Remember, autonomy is the biggest thing that employers want here. But try the best that you can to be able to put in place some kind of accountability system, whether it's internally, like something that you put on yourself, or you have somebody check in and say, hey, send me what you're working on. I want to see where you've gotten to. That accountability will make sure that you still feel like there's always this hovering authority figure over the top of you. And it's a great way. I know maybe you're trying to escape that, but it's a great way to keep you focused and keep you on task. Like I said, for accountability and even doing the easy things, the next thing is just turn off your social media and the news outlets. There are great little website blockers you can put on so you can stop going to websites uh, at certain hours of the day. So make sure you're not going to social media when you should be working or looking at the news when you should be working. Take your phone, throw it across the room. I don't care. You don't need your phone to be getting notifications the whole time. Do everything you can to get rid of all of the, all of the distractions that would otherwise derail you essentially from the work that you need to get done. Then when you are working, I would highly suggest and not everybody can do these things. Not everybody can do the quote unquote multitasking while you're working, put on some type of educational system. I say system, some kind of educational podcast or audio book or something like that. Put on something that's going to grow your understanding of your industry, something that's going to grow your understanding of who you are, grow your understanding of how other people interact with each other. Find ways to learn something while you're working. It's passive learning. It's not active learning. You may not actually recall things in the best way, but at least it's sitting there and it's nagging at you throughout the day. If you can't handle podcasts or some type of audiobook series like that, like I was saying, not everybody can handle that stuff, put on calm, relaxing, but also 
brainwave activating, as strange as that is, types of music in order to make sure that you are working in the most effective way that you can. If I don't want to listen to a podcast, I'll put on classical music and I'll blast it in the room around me, or I'll just go to Spotify to their, quote, chill, unquote, section and just pick some kind of techno-y, mantra-like beats in order to get myself kind of like in a rhythm, like I was running and just keep going, keep going, keep going. And that has helped me immensely in getting my work done. Next, when you do complete a task, utilize your free time. Take the time, let's say you're taking a break, you just you know finished writing a three-page synopsis of a research report that you wrote or whatever it is that's due on Friday. And you say, okay, I've completed that task, I need time to rejuvenate my brain. If I keep writing, it's gonna get crappy or I'm gonna reiterate myself. I need to utilize my time now to recover. I highly suggest when you take breaks or when you're at lunch, again, do something that's growing you. Read a book that's challenging, not a novel, not something that's easy, not something that's fantasy and entertaining. Read something that's maybe how to be a better communicator. Read something that helps you understand where the industry is going. Read something that maybe is asking you to learn a new skill. Maybe you're a a marketer who needs to learn how to do some coding or you're an accountant who needs to understand how how the sales process works so that you can communicate with your sales team better. All of these systems and ways of interacting with other content can help you become a better, more well-rounded employee. And lastly, I need, well, not lastly, but lastly, when it comes to work, get your shit done. When you're working from home, your employer already is skeptical that you're not doing your work. Don't let them be right. Get your shit done. Like I was saying, we need to get our things done in a reasonable time with measurable results. Reasonable time, everybody has deadlines, is the minimum standard for which we are going to work. We need to make sure that we are getting things done in a overachieving almost sense of urgency. If it's due on Friday, get it to them on Thursday. If you want to be even better, get it to them on Wednesday. Let them review over Thursday, give you their notes so you can fix it before it's due on Friday. Overachieve, overachieve, overachieve. That will always ensure that your position as a telecommuter and a remote employee is sound. Now, outside of the work, biggest thing I have to say is get out of the house. Pretty simple and straightforward. Continue to interact with society and the people around you. For me, I end work at about 4 o'clock every day. And from 4 o'clock till about 8 o'clock at night, I do some kind of social interconnectivity with other people. If you're not doing that, you will unfortunately force yourself into a hermit-like situation where you're so isolated, you'll never be able to get out of the hole again. And that gives lead to depression, to anxiety, to feeling like your life has no meaning, to having people hate and resent the work they're doing because they feel like they're always working. If you cannot remove yourself from your work environment, you need to do it. There's so much detriment to not being a social creature that... I I can't stress this enough. I don't even have enough words to describe it. And then lastly, take the time to document your life. As a remote worker, the biggest thing is our days kind of seem to run together because we aren't changing our situation that much. Our workspace is how we want it to be. You know, our view is always the same. We don't have to drive past a bunch of people in the morning, yada, yada, yada. It's very easy to kind of let life stagnate or feel like it's stagnating. The way I've kind of come been able to combat that 
is to journal on a regular basis. Every day, I write something about my day, something that was impactful. I write histories, essentially, of my days. You know, what happened in the morning? What did I eat? Why did I eat that? What did it feel like when I started working? Who did I talk to at work? Who did I meet? Who blah, 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 on and on and on. You can give pretty much as much detail, as little detail as you want, but document your life. That'll give you some break from the monotony, and then when you look back, and say, God, what have I done? I've just been sitting in my room for the last six months. Well, grab out your journal. What did you do? If you have to be reviewed by an employer, you have a record of it. You know when and how hard it took and how long it took and when you got it done. Those are all great things to document. Like I said, I think telecommuting and remote working are going to be kind of like the future of things. If you are trying to learn how to become a telecommuting or remote employee, There's obviously resources everywhere, but you can go to hackingnormal.com. You can read some of the articles I have there. I cover pretty much every kind of question I can think of when it comes to the remote situation. If you have any questions, you can comment on the podcast on SoundCloud, or you can send me a message through the hackingnormal.com website, and I'll write an article about it. I'll even maybe do a podcast about it. So if you are interested, you can reach out to me there. But there's also, when you go to the site, links to all the social media and blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows about that. So thanks for listening, and I'll catch up with you next time.